who did James Cameron blow to get a PG-13 rating for this? Welcome to Sex in the Cinema, the podcast that strips down the celluloid to the real reason you watched that movie. Welcome back, cinephiles and perverts. It is 2024. 2024, baby. 2024. Year of the fucking dragon. Is it? Yeah. I was born in the year of the dragon. Ooh, this going to be a good one for you, babe. What was your Chinese? I'm a rooster. A rooster? Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Year the of the dragon old here. cock, baby. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, today we're actually going full circle here because Maggie and I are re-recording the first episode we ever tried to record which we lost, which was last January, too, I think. Oh, my think. God, it was. But, okay, so anyway, I actually changed the 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 theme for this okay. uh, <gasps> compared to what it originally was. So this is actually Coming of Age, C-U-M-M-I-N-G Classics Part 1. Cool. Because, okay, so these movies that we're about to talk about, they are not necessarily Coming of Age Bildung's Roman films in, in that way. But for our generation, Maggie and I are both millennials. We're both 80s kids. These were foundational films. And I know at least for me, and I'm going to tell some very personal stories that are might get me arrested. But these movies, for a lot of us, like in our generation, were so formative we're not blow by blowing any of these movies because we've just assume everyone's seen them yeah this is not obscure cinema by any means yeah this is why these are the coming of age classics you know i also i think it's interesting um re-watching these again for like the millionth time Mm -hmm. i came up with a word yes you can praise praise a phrase oh yes please praise the phrase you can i'm praising it uh, it's called love dick. Okay. Love dick is the best sex you will ever have. Okay. Is when you are in love with the person, the person attached to the dick. Attached love dick. Well, yeah. Yes. Which is an ever evolving theme in these three movies. Yes. And so I just think the term love dick is amazing. And okay. All right, let's explore this. Hashtag love dick. All right. So today, as part of coming of age classics part one. We are covering Titanic, The Notebook, and Cruel Intentions. Fuck yeah! Staples! These are the films that made us. Hashtag loved it. All right, well, let's talk about The Big Kahuna, a movie of large-scale proportions that was undoubtedly a cultural moment. And what are we talking about? We're talking about Titanic. Titanic, the biggest love dick of them all. Absolutely. All right, Maggie, may we have a plot summary, please? Oh my God, yes. I would love to plot some. James Cameron's Titanic is an epic action-packed romance set against the ill-fated maiden voyage of RMS Titanic. 
the pride and joy of the White Star Line, and at the time, the largest moving object ever built. She was the most luxurious liner of her era, the Ship of Dreams, which ultimately carried over 1,500 people to their death. It's <laughs> not funny. <laughs> In the ice-cold waters of the North Atlantic in early hours of April 15th, 19-motherfucking-12. Okay, so this movie was written and directed by James Cameron. Cameron. 1997. Swept the Oscars. Best picture winner. I mean, this movie is titanic in scale. It is two VHS tapes. It is. And, yeah, I mean, like, James Cameron is... It's interesting because this is a romantic movie, but, like, the second half of it is, like, this action-packed, not, like, thriller, but just, like... It's a blockbuster. He's done. Yes, it's absolutely a blockbuster. And, like, James Cameron is good with his tricks, but he does them so elegantly. Yeah. Okay, before we dive into this movie, I want to pay homage to... Well, hold on a second. Let me go to my notes. Okay, well, while you're going to your notes, Mm -hmm. I will say... Yes. ...that this movie was so impactful in my teen, early teen years... To the point where I was obsessed with this film. Mm-hmm. Like, a, I am a hopeless, romantic, very romantic person. But I was so obsessed to the point where I would literally have my mom drop me off at the Tinseltown. I saw it like... What's the Tinseltown, the Tinseltown mall? Tinseltown is a movie theater oh. in El Paso, Texas. Okay. And she would drop me off at the Tinseltown, and I would get one ticket, and I would go see Titanic... And I would sit in the theater, and I'd watch it, and the credits would roll, Celine Dion cue, and I would cry in the dark. And I did that, like, at least four or five times. My mom thought I was crazy. She's like, again? And I'm like, again? She's like, well, you're going to have to clean this to get the ticket. And I would do it, because I just wanted to see it again and again. Yeah. It was, like, everything to me. Okay, so that was your experience with Titanic. Here was mine. Okay, so this was in 1997. I think I was like, man, in the second or third grade when this came out, I was in love with Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, in love. And my whole family went to see it. My parents would not let me go see it in the theaters and they were like no like you're just gonna get upset by all the dead babies like blah 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 and that was not the reason that they would not let me go they wouldn't let me go because they knew my nine-year-old self was gonna perv on Leonardo DiCaprio (laughs) and I sure as fuck did yeah okay so like after Titanic came out on video I went to Blockbuster with my babysitter and we bought it babysitters are the best dude for real and i also um i had a a heart of the ocean replica necklace wow so when is there a photo of that uh i don't think this photo would be legal like 50 dollars for that i don't think this photo would be legal i think you might get arrested for having this (laughs) is that how you're (laughs) this is where this is going (laughs) this is legitimately where this is going (laughs) Okay, so when I was in middle school, 
I would, we had a, a TV in our kitchen that had a VCR like built into it. I would bring the TV up to my room. And this was like when my parents would like go out to dinner or something, mm-hmm. you know, so I was probably about like 13. I would put on my Heart of the Ocean necklace. Wow. I would curl my hair oh my God. and I would play that scene, which we are going to break down shortly. And I would lie on my bed as that scene was playing with my Heart of the Ocean necklace on and pretend that I was Rose in that scene. Where he's painting her? Yes. As a 13-year-old, which is why I'm telling you, you would get arrested and your name would be put on the sex offender list for having that, a picture of that in your possession. And I think I'm going to get arrested for even saying this on the podcast. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I probably won't get arrested. It's just my life experience. Right? Right. I was just like a precocious 13-year-old that like really wanted like Leo to love me and see me and just like. Rose, which is a good female character to Exactly. So, yeah. And um, also, I did not watch the second tape for like four years after I bought it no I knew what happened you just didn't but I just didn't want to go there I get it it's like when you get a good book and you're near the end and you're like I don't want to fucking know yeah yeah so with the Titanic you knew you've seen the end of the movie but when you had the second tape you just I didn't see the end of the movie oh now I have okay but you just never watched the end of the movie no no no, I just, I didn't watch wow. tape two. Wow. I just wanted to. You just wanted the happy parts. I just wanted the happy parts and the sexy parts. Wow. You wanted the, yeah, like the fantasy. Mm-hmm. You didn't want the reality of the mm-hmm. iceberg. No. See, I think the reality. To me, Jack never died. Did you, he never does. He lives on. Oh, God. Yeah. My heart will go on. My heart on will go on. Yeah. Love Dick. Yeah. Change the world. Yeah. But, um,. Yeah, so basically, this movie is a big fucking deal. Every time I see it, I I love it. I'm engaged the entire time, and I just... That's why I can't believe that this was the movie you watched right before you came here. I am a mess every single time I finish that movie. I am demolished. I am reduced to weeping, like ugly crying, like snot coming out of my nose. You know, I'm just like, (laughs) like Claire Danes doesn't have anything on my crying face when I'm watching Titanic. Or just most of the time. I I mean, I cry every time, but I really wasn't thinking because I had seen it so much. Oh, I'm But then it's just so attached to this part of me, like this younger version of me. That is very sensitive. And so every time I watch it, no matter what, just the pure nostalgia of, like, that time in my life, like, hits me like an iceberg to my heart. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's an incredible, incredible movie. So I guess... All right. So this is starring Leonardo DiCaprio in one of his first big blockbusters and Kate Winslet in her breakout role Mm -hmm. for sure so he plays jack dawson who is sort of like this poor like tumbleweed blowing in the wind artist free spirit artist yes free spirited spiritual Mm -hmm. just 
you know. Yes. So he wins a ticket to the Titanic in a poker game, like right before it's about to leave. He is like this young artist. He's a sweet Midwestern boy from Wisconsin originally. And then Kate Winslet plays Rose DeWitt Bucator. And she is like this Philadelphia society girl. She's got this asshole mom. And well, I don't know. Now that I'm watching, I'm like, she's not that big of an asshole. She's uh, just, to she's just desperate and like she's only just like knows. Well, the only way she knows is to pimp her daughter out to so she can be like so she can like have so what she thinks is like, so she doesn't have to be a seamstress. It's like, lady, like you're lucky you don't have to go to the Victorian workhouse, bitch. Yeah, like, but she's also just like trying to like get her like child set up for success and like be taken care of or whatever i get it rose was like a fucking rebel she like smoked you know she was like talking about freud and like how like mr ismay who's like the bad guy in the movie Mm -hmm. was like oh have you read dr freud he has some very interesting ideas about a man's preoccupation with size when Mm -hmm. like mr ismay is like like, titanic i wanted to she was like feisty. Imply sheer size and strength. Yeah. Um, and then the other part of this movie, and like I feel similarly about this and, and the notebook actually. So there's some modern day parts where it's intercut with um, this guy played by Bill Paxton, R.I.P., who is like looking for. So there's the, like the heart of the ocean, which is like this crazy diamond necklace that's like blue and it looks like a sapphire, but it's like this giant heart shaped blue it's diamond. It's a real thing. Is it? Mm-hmm. Really? Uh-huh. Oh. It's uh, displays museums and shit. It's in museums? Yeah. Oh, I can't. I can't borrow it for my... Nope. Can I recreate my nope. my ritual nope. as an adult? Arrested. Not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be arrested. <laughs> so, old Rose, like, they find this painting of her. I feel like, like I'm going, like, all over the place. It's okay. Whatever. I've so, Titanic. Yeah, I think... Old Rose, Gloria Stewart, I do not think she deserved the Best Supporting Actress Oscar. Like, no. No. And, like, at the end, when she drops the heart of the ocean into the ocean, she's like, oh! What? She's also, like, 100 years old. That's true, but... She could have, like, broke her, like, arm or something uh, if she threw it too hard. If she threw it, like, too hard? Like, if she could have thrown it back She's so frail that, like, she can't throw. But, like, what was the noise? Like, she was just like... It was her heart. Yeah, it was her heart, I guess. Like, I would have liked to have seen Rose, like, chiefin Virginia Slims on that boat. Yeah. All right, well, (laughs) I do not think she deserved Best Supporting Actress. You know who I thought did? Oh, I know. Who put in one of the best, like, easily one of the best performances in the film. Kathy Bates. Fucking Kathy Bates! I love her. As Molly Brown! Oh my god! So good! Yeah, I just love Molly Brown. So good! Oh my god! And a real character! Yeah. A real character! And I loved her. She's like new money. Like, she's so Mm -hmm. fun and just like. Yeah. Um, all right. So I want to, yeah, I want to take a moment to appreciate three very sexy men in this movie. Yes. So, I mean, obviously, like, let's get started with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. I think that the character of Jack Dawson set the standard for the ideal partner. And I'm sorry 
to all millennial men out there. Yeah, like for sure, teenage dream. Well, and also just like he life was, dream. Like yeah, like he was just like the biggest like heartthrob like at the time, and like the roles that he played were very you know like this role is just very like dream boy absolutely like, cares about you sees you wants to set you free can handle some trauma dumping and allows you to be yourself absolutely like you know what i mean absolutely and like that is one of the things about jack like first of all he's just like this has this beautiful worldview mm-hmm. of life and he's just like optimistic but he's like super practical mm-hmm. like dude jack knows what the fuck it do when a when a ship is sinking like he yeah. knows all the moves to make you know because well, he grew up ice fishing yeah and like he like has just all this like life like true like life experience absolutely like, he's a very spirited person mm-hmm. like definitely Sagittarius placements there he's just like sweet he's charming mm-hmm. and gorgeous he beauty in like everything absolutely yeah. and like when I was watching this movie it, like I was like the idea of like just like the concept like it seems so impossible but like the idea of jack dawson like being into me like who how would you ever get over him no that's what i'm saying like no you do not get yeah, over like, jack that's, dawson that's what i'm saying she she had the love dick once mm-hmm. and she's remembered it for 83 fucking years yeah yeah totally i'm like honestly but like imagine if jack dawson broke up with you they wouldn't have broken up. No, but if you were dating, <laughs> no, but if you were dating Jack Dawson and he broke up with you, how horrible. God, Tori, I don't even want to go to that. I place. know, it's so bad. It's so bad. It's like such a horrible also, it's like, concept. I would have just wanted to die with Jack Dawson. Yeah, I mean, like, that was rough. Like, that's just, like, with the door and... I would just be, like, Then no she has babe. to, like, drop him no into the babe. ocean and watch Let's him just sink. just go together. Yeah. Yeah, but remember, he was like, Rose, you will do me, like, one oh, yeah. thing. You yeah. will survive. Yeah, Promise exactly. me that you'll survive. Oh, my God, he's just so I selfless. Know. I can't even I deal know. with it. <laughs> he's like, no man. No man is like that. No, man, is not like, yeah. Can I tell you something funny? Yeah. My mom and my sister said that when I was, like, a, like, teenager, like, young girl, that I looked like Leonardo DiCaprio. Really? Yeah, and my mom, like, well... That's a big compliment. But I was a girl. Yeah. He... But it would, like, show me, like, they'd be like, look, look at these photos. Like, you look just like him. I'll, I'll send some to you. Okay, okay. But it's pretty funny. I'm like, what? Yeah. We have some youthful photos that one of us can pass to each other that will not get someone on a sex offender list. Dude, if I had taken a picture of myself with, like, a disposable camera, Dude, like, I like I could I be arrested? For, you, you should make it your Instagram. I want you in my Oh, my, my God. Like, like, I feel like I'm alienating half of, like, our, our five listeners by just, like, <laughs> speaking of this. Okay. So I also want to take a moment to acknowledge the greatness that is Billy Zane in this role yeah okay like i think billy zane is so sexy and not as this character because cal is like literally like the the worst worst person ever like he is pushing people off the lifeboat with like an oar he's like you'll swarm us 
you'll seek us. Selfish. And he, oh, motherfucker. So horrible. And he's like, like, he has so many great one-liners where he he's does. like, hmm, Rose is displeased. <laughs> what to do? Or he's like, we'll both have the lamb with very little mint sauce. You like lamb, right, sweet pea? Yeah. You gonna just, cut her meat for her too he's there, Cal? Like the typical guy that sees women as objects. Mm-hmm. And you know what's funny, Tori? Yeah. Is that this was 19, what, fucking 10? Uh, April 14th, 1912. 12. April 15th, 1912. We're close. 1910, 1912. Yeah. But, um, and this was like the male in like that era. And I'm like, this still references to me in like modern society. And it's like 2024. Yeah. Like the guy that just wants power and control and sees women as objects and not as like a real person and it's like an ownership thing totally I'm like this is just like gross all right and then uh we have to give space to my irish guy Dude. tommy Wait. remember oh, okay down the, below yes the irish guy down below and he's mm-hmm. like oh you're dreaming that's like if yeah, angels had wings cool. remember like he like punches out the guy that won't let the third class people be on yeah. the gate and yeah, then tommy great. then tommy dies and it's like so hard yeah. but like i if i was on titanic you would date tommy i would have been rose for tommy and we would have made sweet, sweet love. Yeah. And then I would have had to watch him die. Dude, I'm super into Irishmen right now, too. And then I would have survived, and I would have written a book about my story, unlike Rose. Wow. I thought you loved Rose. I do love Rose, but I would have <laughs> usurped her cultural presence <laughs> with my love story with Tommy. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been great. He would have, um... Well, I would have done, if I was on Titanic, I would be like, Jack, we're on the fucking door together. You know what I mean? Like, you don't need to be in the water, babe. You get up here, you slip your love dick inside of me. On the door. On the, like, on top of me on the door. Girl, he was probably so cold. Your love dick is so cold, but I'm still a little warm. His love dick would have been shriveled up into his body. together in one huge love ice door that would have been a fascinating thing for the people coming back in the lifeboats to discover like keeps them warm while someone comes and saves them okay because it's inside of her and they get saved and they have babies and you run with that reality you run with that and the whole movie doesn't even have to be made anymore (laughs) (laughs) fuck off james cameron um anyway okay we gotta get into let's get into the sex scenes the sex all right. The first sex scene, the famous sex scene that like everyone knew about and caused me as a 13 year old to express myself in a certain way. Um, uh, it's about an hour and 25 minutes into the movie. Jack and Rose have like already made out at like the front of the boat and everything. So they have like decided, you know what? Fuck social constraints. Fuck it all. We are in love. So Jack is an artist. He's painted some naked ladies during his time in France, Mm -hmm. etc., etc. So Rose brings him back to her suite of rooms and she says, I want you to draw me like one of your French girls. Mm -hmm. So Jack sits down. He gets like the couch ready. She comes out. Oh my God, that slip. Oh yeah, it's beautiful. The robe that she's wearing. So Kate Winslet comes out. 
She strips off her beautiful, like, black see-through robe. We could already see, like, some nip through it. Jack is like, I, my friends and I used to make jokes, like, his little pad of paper rises as, like, she comes out. It didn't actually happen. But, like, he's, like, <gasps> it's very sexy. And just, like, seeing the way he reacts. She takes off her robe. At one hour, 25 minutes, and 43 seconds in, we see Bush. Yeah. We get a quick glimpse of Bush. How the fuck did James, like, who did James Cameron blow to get a PG-13 rating for this? Like, for real. Yeah. Anyway, so Rose lays out, she's naked, and Jack is across from her, and he's drawn her with the charcoal. The piano theme comes on, his blue eyes. Also, I will say, yeah, very beautiful scene. But also what I was going to say about this scene for me, and I think for a lot of women, like, or, or teenage girls, women, I don't know. The 90s were, like, very, like, supermodel. Oh, 100%. Chic, and Kate Winslet is a normal-sized woman. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you just didn't see that in a sexual way around that time. Like, it was just, you were either really skinny or a supermodel, and, like, that was what men wanted. So it was just so... Like, in a positive way, like, eye-opening to see, like, a woman that has, like, a normal body that's Mm -hmm. beautiful and gorgeous, and she's not too thin. And I remember seeing it as, like, a young teenager and seeing that she had a stretch mark on her boob, and I thought that was so fucking cool. Like, Leonardo DiCaprio, he looks so sexy sexy when he's drawing her. He's got, like, his hair in his eyes. He's got, like, those beautiful blue eyes. He's really lucky to her. And he's, like, blushing when he starts drawing her boobs. Like, no wonder I, like, went crazy about this when I was 13. Like, I was in love with him. And, like, you know what? Maybe my parents shouldn't have let me see this. that's fucking good foreplay. Yeah. I also like Leonardo DiCaprio's lips. Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah, it's his new name. (laughs) Uh, yeah no he his 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 whole his whole face is 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 hot his body is just skin dude this was peak leo this was 100 percent cool because he's not like all buff and bulky he's just like skinny and lanky well yeah i mean i do think this character made a massive impression on me and i do think this is why maybe why i've dated a lot of blonde guys Wow. I've yeah. dated a lot of blondes. Yeah. I don't choose blondes. No, but you have subconsciously because of Leo. Right. I just think it's Leo secretly inside of you since you were little. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> this is so inappropriate. Arrested. <laughs> it's like calling the cops right now. Okay. So like before we get arrested, <laughs> let's go to sex scene number two. Yeah. Okay, so after Jack and Rose, like, they've they've done, like, the whole painting scene. Foreplay is hot. Yeah, it's, hot, it's hot, hot foreplay. We're at a simmer right now. We're yes, simmering. we are simmering. A steady simmer. Yes. So then, like, there's this whole thing where they're, like, running away from, like, the the, the main valet, like, whatever his name is. They're hiding. The they drama. Go in, yes, they go into the cargo area and they find this car that, like, we saw at the very beginning of the movie when it was being brought onto oh, yeah. the ship. And mm-hmm. they they get inside, and he's like, where to, miss? And she's like, to the stars, which doesn't even make any sense. 
I mean, they're in love. It was kind of like, I don't know. I feel like that was a throwaway line from James Cameron. That's why it's so fun. I guess. So they like kind of like snuggle up in the backseat of the car. Like he's pretending to be the chauffeur for a second. And then she pulls him into the backseat. Super cute. She's horny. She's horny? Absolutely. Oh my God. I mean, dude, if Leonardo DiCaprio was in this room, like you and I would be fighting. Yeah. So anyway, they're in the car and he like pulls her to him. And I think he's just like thinking they're going to cuddle. And she's like, put your hands on me, Jack. And then she like puts his hand on her boob. Then they like start making out. Then it cuts away and we see the very famous moment where he puts his hand or I don't know whose hand it is against the foggy window and, and then it like slides off and then like we go back into the car and none and of us were ever the same none of i certainly was not ever again to this day see me window i'm doing that shit i just shriek it with my hand and i say jack forever if i <laughs> if i was wearing my heart of the ocean neck i mean i was doing that when i was 13 i don't know about you no. i was doing that when i was 13 i like puffed up the window with like my own like breath <sighs> you psycho yeah and then i like put my hand on it wow thank god my parents were out to dinner They're like, what, is <laughs> what is wrong with our kid anywho okay so like my question to you okay so yeah. like at there we kind of have like the aftermath of their mm-hmm. fucking is jack like he's like trembling and yeah. he like is he, jack a virgin no I don't think he is either. Like, no. you were, like, bumming around France, man. No, but I think that no maybe way in hell. that was his, like, first, like, like making Love making. It's his love dick. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it's hot. He's, like, being all cute and, like, vulnerable. And, and that's why it's hot, too, because you she don't mo- see She mothers anything. him. It's not like any of the other movies we've that's seen where people have actually too. seen, like, tits and ass. You don't see anything. It's just all emotional and emotional and, like, love, and that's mm-hmm. what makes it hot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's done really well in that way, I think. Oh, it was, it was great. Yeah, this movie. Okay, well, I feel like if we keep talking about that's this. Yeah, we're done. Yeah, we're going to. Maggie's everyone knows gonna have happens. to call the cops. Yeah, everyone I'm knows what happens. Cops, so yeah. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I am a cop. <laughs> oh God, no! You are wearing like our uh, the uh, blue that is like a policeman blue. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Electric. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to the notebook. Uh. Okay. So this was directed by Nick Cassavetes. Made in 2004, it is a Nepo baby film because Nick Cassavetes is the son of John Cassavetes and Jenna Rollins. He cast his mother in the film. Genius. So Nepo babies strike again. Maggie, may we have a plot summary, yes. please? In 1940s South Carolina, mill worker Noah Calhoun and rich girl Allie are desperately in love, but her parents don't approve. When Noah goes off to serve in World War II, it seems to mark the end of their love affair. In the interim, Allie becomes involved with another man. But when Noah returns to their small town years later, on the cusp of Allie's marriage, it soon becomes clear that their romance is anything but over. Cool. So, yeah, this is intercut. So this is another movie where there's, like, modern day parts and then there's, like, the flashbacks. And again, the modern day parts, like, bore the fuck out of me. So the General Rollins and James Garner, they play, as we find out later, the older version of Noah and Allie. Allie is got Alzheimer's or something. She's losing her memory. But mm-hmm. when he reads her 
the notebook which he has their entire love story like written journals. out and she starts to remember and then it's like really sad and like they die at the end and together as like old people like boohoo i cried every single Everyone time cries every what time. was your first experience with this movie um i just think it was really pivotal for me because i was the same age as ryan gosling in this film and rachel mcadams and i just like i like this love story because they it's not the perfect love story mm. there's a lot of trials in this love story it's a lot of ups and downs their physical fighting as there's i look back worries fighting. me a bit they're like i mean she's going after him but that's yeah, not okay <laughs> but i like the polarity of their their characters and like how they're just so drawn to each other and in love and like i think that because of that love they're actually able to both commit to it Mm -hmm. and realize that this is very rare and special and they're they're in they're jumping in the fucking pool together you know yeah and that's why i liked it and i and also it was just like the drama and like the tragedy and like just you know not knowing if someone still loves you and like the breakup was really bad and then like years later knowing that like you know, it just gives that hopefulness that mm-hmm. you have with your first love, like the fantasy of like, oh my God, maybe he will build me a house. Yeah. You know? Which was a plantation formerly. Yeah. Bad juju. Yeah. Also, that place is probably haunted as Our, fuck. Like, would it be cool to like create a house that's made of love on something that was created not of love? Yeah. About um six yes maybe. yes it's okay about ryan gosling and rachel mcadams it sure is and Parker. because of them this you know because this was based on a book by nicholas sparks which is kind of like a cracker i consider him like it, he's like cracker barrel produced these christian romance novels Sort of. So in in the hands of less skilled actors, this could have been kind of like a flop. Exactly. But because Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling are such good actors themselves. Such good chemistry. Yes, the chemistry and they hate they hated each other Uh at the beginning of the filming. They hated each other. And then they fell in love later. Okay. Well, um, my first experience with this movie, I saw this in the theater with my mom. I was a freshman in high school. God, my poor parents. I um, I, I, I don't, I did not tell my mom how, like, she, like, doesn't know how to figure out how to listen to a podcast. And I told her, like, she's not allowed to listen to this. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, I think this was the film that, introduced us to Gosling, to Ryan Gosling's hotness. Yes. Yeah, and I wanted to hate, I want to hate Rachel McAdams, but, like, I just can't. She's so good. She's so good in this. Like, she's so, like, funny and fiery and cute and just, like, bubbly and Mm. spunky. She's just so good. She's just so relatable. So relatable. And, like, she's, like, seems like a real person. And, like, I like that the love is, like, love is, when you love somebody, and you're, like, I don't know. It's just hard. Yeah. So, I just, I just really liked their dynamic, and I like how destiny-driven this was, Mm -hmm. but in a very, like, 
I don't know, really cool way. Yeah. Well, should we uh, should we just dive into the first sex scene? Let's do it. Okay. Young Noah and Allie meet up and it's like late in the summer. They're very like in love by this point. She like runs to his house where he lives with his father, Sam Shepard, the famous playwright. And they're like all frenzied and they kind of like kiss up against the wall. And then he like feels her up for a second. And it's, it's really hot. It's really hot. It's really hot because like he Can like. Can you just imagine Goss staring at you like that? I, it's torture. It's I don't so even nice. like, like uh, want to think about it because I can't have it. Dude, and I met him. What? Okay. So I met him at Beauty Bar like 2008. Nine. He was there, and my friend was like his assistant, and so he was there at Beauty Bar, and I was like so fucking nervous. And she was like, "Do you want to meet Ryan Gosling?" And I was like, "Oh my god, yes, I do." And I swear to God, Tori, it's like the same. He looks at everyone like that. Oh god. Like he reached over, he said, "Hi, I'm Ryan Gosling." Shook my hand, looked me deep into my eyeballs, like Fuck. I'm like wow, and Fuck. just like gave you the goss look. And like shook Fuck. my hand, and then I just like stared at him for the Jesus rest of the night. Christ! Yeah, that is like so one thing cool. that he's got on point is like the intense, focused eye contact. Oh, and just like really like being present. Oh you my know what god! I mean? So hot. Oh god! So hot. Any way yeah all right so back to the sex scene he takes her to said plantation which is all run down at the beginning of the movie he's talking about how he is gonna fix it up one day and like that's the like his big life plan and that frames the rest of the story because Mm -hmm. like you know he ends up fixing up the house when she sees him years later and like blah 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 So she's sitting down playing at the piano and then he starts kissing her neck and she's like, make love to me. So horny for him. Yes, dude, it's hot. So then he throws out a blanket on the floor of like this very rundown house, which probably has like loose nails. It's probably like splinter central. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. And then there's the scene. They're sort of like standing across from each other on different sides of the blanket. And they're like taking off articles of clothing one by one. They're both teenagers at this point. Um, There is like a great reaction shot where he takes off his underwear and you see Rachel McAdams and she's just like staring. And it's like (laughs) this girl, like the first time you see a rock hard dick, you're like, oh, my God. And you want it. You do, but, like, it's kind of scary. Yeah. It's kind of scary. It's like like a fucking, like, missile pointed right at you, and it's ready to shoot off. It's ready to go. (laughs) You know, it's ready to rock it right off. And, you know, it's, like, it's it's aggressive. It's very aggressive. So they sit down, and they start, like, making out. He crawls on top of her. And she starts to basically have a panic attack. Like she's freaking out. She's freaking out. Yeah. She's freaking out. And it's like, he's like the strong, silent type. And yeah. he's like, I don't know. It's like for a second, it's like, is he like annoyed with her? No, it's just they're like complete opposite. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. I just think like that's the draw to it. It's just like they have that really good like polarity that they're just like magnets to each other. And she's just so, I mean, I would be so nervous. Like you get... You know, you're you're taught your whole life as a woman that like you need to be a virgin. You need to be a virgin, or like sex is like 
something like men want to take from you and like you have to be really careful a bad stick of dynamite between their legs yeah and so like i can only imagine and then it's like also you know when you have sex with someone you love there comes like attachment and then you like worry about like what if i would have this good dick and this good dick goes away like you know i don't know it's scary man yeah yeah i get it they like she kind of like chills out a little bit they drop the album and they start making out more. And then Finn, his friend, a.k.a. E from Entourage, who was also part of Leonardo DiCaprio's Pussy Posse. Oh, wow. Yeah, a little, little full circle moment there. Comes in, oh. he's like, Allie's parents are looking for her, blah, blah, blah. And then they break up because the parents are like, mm. So they never did it? They no, they it? never did it. They never did it. He was about <gasps> to enter. Oh, yeah. He Holy was about shit. to enter. I don't know why. I always thought that they did. He was about to put and his then, damn. meat. He was about to give her the this, sausage this injection. Movie is about the best foreplay ever, basically. Yeah. Well, um, and on the deleted scenes on the DVD, uh-huh. they show the uncut sex scenes. Oh. So during this sex scene, there's a moment when they're laying on top of each other in the uncut version, you actually see him like put his hand down and it's implied that he's like fingering her. And oh. that's when she starts to freak out. Okay. And then um, another part of it is like right before Finn comes in where he's like, are you sure you want to do this? And she's like, yes. And they get, they lay back down you see a long shot of him, like, naked with a blanket over him, like, preparing to enter. Oh, cool. Yeah. Damn. So, anyway, that's the, the first sex scene. That's so, they nice. break up. It's really sad. Noah writes her letters every single day. And Allie's she mean mom hides them because them. she thinks he's poor trash trouble. Again, same mom from Titanic. Same mom. So, yeah, there's, like, this whole, like, war scene, which is, like, very short. We see E from Entourage die. And then Allie falls in love. with Yeah, she meets James Marsdan. Who's hot. Who is very hot. Allie gets engaged to James Marsdan, who is, like, a rich southern boy. And then Noah comes home from the war. He looks hot as fuck. When he is coming home, he's got his, like, aviator sunglasses on. So then, like, fast forward. Allie's already engaged. She's, like, preparing for her wedding. She sees Noah's picture in the paper. He had refurbished that entire house that that they had almost fucked in and, like, that they had made a little... dream house future together and so she tells James Marsdan she's like I need to get away I need to go to Seabrook for a couple days absolutely she's having like a total freak out she's getting cold feet to the max so she goes to Seabrook she goes to see Noah they you know sort of like hang out for the first day you know like they reminisce a little bit which is like one of the things that actually struck me about Titanic and the notebook which is so prevalent and so real is that both sets of these lovers are like friends first. Yes. In a way. Like there is a foundation of friendship. They yes. laugh, they play, they have so much fun together. Yes. And I think that is so real to life. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Attraction. They have dinner. Well, she tells him about her fiance and he's like, okay, great. Now we can be friends. And I'm like, okay, bruh. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was like also just like sexy because it's like 
bro. Like Noah is so like you know. He's like just in love with absolutely. He just stares. Like there's so much staring long dialogue in this film that it's just just electricity between absolutely what draws you in as like the the audience. Well, it's desire, and I think desire is even especially when it comes to like portrayals through film or like art or whatever is sexier than sex itself and then longing and also like actions speak louder than words and like he built a fucking house for this this bitch this lucky bitch yeah all right (laughs) so let's get to the sex scene so he asks Allie to come back the next morning he takes her out on the boat because this place is like whatever So they see all these swans and there's like this bird metaphor where he's like, oh, they'll go back to like, you know, they're migrating. They'll go back to where they came from. And it's like, Allie, she'll go back to where she came from. It starts to rain. Hot. Yeah. And she, they both start laughing. They're both soaking wet. He pulls up to the dock. It's thundering and lightning. And then they get into the argument. And she's like, why didn't you write me? Ah, Sebastian. Why? And then he goes... I wrote you every day for a year. And then she goes, you wrote me? And then he says, yeah, it wasn't over. It still isn't over. And then she like jumps into his arms and they start kissing. Then they go up into the house. They're stripping each other down. It is raining. You can hear the rain. He carries her up the stairs. They're still stripping down. Then he they he like, just like him carrying her. Yeah, we were so hot. Yeah, well, and just like oh my god, like the the slow burn Ugh. of this is just like so, so fucking epic. Then he throws her. Well, they they land on the bed. All these like sort of goose down feathers come up, and they start fucking. She's wearing her pearls, and then they, it's like, they're kind of like overlaid shots. It's a little bit montage mm-hmm. you know, and then at the end, she's like, you gotta be kidding me. All this time, that's what I've been missing. <laughs> and, but again, in the deleted scenes, in the uncut sex scene, yeah. it is longer and more drawn out, and the point where he, like, pulls her, like, he's, I guess he's, like, sitting cross-legged, and he, you know, she straddles him. You can tell the moment where the dick enters by the way she reacts and it's a lot more graphic man so you think they really fucked no no i'm just saying that like fucking nick cassavetes like fucking short changed us all by like trimming down these sex scenes and there's also a moment where you see a very quick nip slip oh yeah like from when she's like being like you know when he's like banging her like against yeah. again like y'all can't see what I'm doing right now <laughs> I can. but Maggie can and I'm like she you know it's she's hot. like going again it's so hot um it's hot. yeah I mean honestly guys get the DVD and watch the extras you can see these uncut sex scenes mm-hmm. because it's really like it's so worth it yeah. so yeah after oh get married yeah, they get married after, like, she has this confrontation. She breaks up with Lon. The mom takes her to the lumber yard and sees, like, her old mustache lover. And then Allie goes and chooses to be with Noah. And then we find out that the old couple is Allie and Noah. And then they die together. together. That's like, the ideal way to go. I guess. I don't know. Like, in your sleep with, I, like, the love of your life. I would let you, the love of my life die as I was in bed with them. And then I'd publish... 
the notebook. I would get it published. And then I would die five years later after I went on the Today Show and did the book circuit. And then all of my That's family smart. could have gone, gotten those royalties. So business savvy of you. I know. Any final thoughts about The Notebook? Um, I love that movie. It's I so good. I love Ryan Gosling. I love Rachel McAdams. It could have been so corny, but it, it was great. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on to Cruel Intentions. So this movie, this was the de facto movie uh, for me, which I will explain shortly, unfortunately, for all of our, our listeners. So it was made in 1999, directed by Roger Cumble. Starts with a K. And it's all-star cast of, oh, yeah. of young, like, hot, upcoming talent. So we have Reese Witherspoon playing Annette, mm-hmm. who is, like, the good girl. We have... Sarah Michelle Gellar playing the bitch, Catherine. Mm -hmm. We have Ryan Felipe playing Sebastian, who is, I have a lot of thoughts about this character, and I know you do too, so we'll we'll get into it. And then we have Selma Blair playing Cecile, who is like the naive, you know, ingenue. My favorite character. She's great. We have Sean Patrick Thomas playing Ronald, Cecile's lover. We have a great little bit part from Joshua Jackson of Dawson's Creek, Pacey of Dawson's Creek, playing uh, Sebastian's gay friend from school. And we have what I think is Tara Reid's best work of her career in a very small cameo where she plays Sebastian's therapist's daughter Daughter. who he like coerced into sex so he could humiliate her online by putting, like, a nudie picture of her online. Yeah. But anyway, Maggie, may, we, can you give us plots plot please? I would love to, Tori. Thank you for asking. You're welcome. Annette unwittingly becomes a pawn in Sebastian's and Catherine's deliciously diabolical wager of sexual conquest when she writes an article in Seventeen magazine about she intends to stay pure until she marries her boyfriend. However... Sebastian gets more than he bargained for as he attempts to woo Annette into his bed. Yes. Okay. So this is basically, so this is actually a modern day adaptation of Dangerous Liaisons or Liaisons Dangereuses, which is a very famous novel. And then it was made into a movie um, in the 90s. I think it was the 90s. It was with John Malkovich, who was playing the Sebastian character, Glenn Close, who was playing Sarah Michelle Gellar's character, Michelle Pfeiffer play the Reese Witherspoon oh, cool. character, and Uma Thurman play the Selma Blair character. Amazing. Yes. So the the whole story is basically about people who are so rich and bored, exactly, that they have to fuck with other people's lives and manipulate to, as them entertainment. as entertainment because they're like so evil. Yeah. So I mean, again, but like in like a pop culture context. Mm-hmm. Also, I will fucking say that this soundtrack is one amazing. Of my all-time favorite Same. soundtrack. Same. It was huge for me. It, yeah, it was like game fucking over. But um, yeah, I just I this movie's just fun. Absolutely, and I have I have some uh, again some preteen context that I, I need to talk about with this movie. But I guess uh, let's, before we get to that trauma, (laughs) let's talk about, well, let's talk about our first sex scene, which isn't really a sex scene, but it is an iconic 
scene. All right, so oh, yeah. there's this scene where, okay, so Cecile, played by Selwyn Blair, is like, she's a freshman about to start school. And Sarah Michelle Gellar's character is kind of like mentoring her, even though Sarah Michelle Gellar's character is like an evil cokehead and just like this disaster of bitterness and horribleness and cruelty. Yeah. And there's a scene in the park where she is basically teaching Cecile how to kiss. Oh, yeah. And there is tongue. Massaging, yeah. Lots of, you know, like... French kissing. French kissing. And Selma Blair's character is actually the one who really, like, goes in with it, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And it's a very iconic moment, very famous moment. And at the end, when Sarah Michelle Gellar's character pulls away, there's just, like, this tiny, tiny string of saliva between their lips. Yeah. And it was parodied beautifully in, have you ever seen Not Another Teen Movie? Yeah. (laughs) But I don't know, Maggie, do you have any thoughts on this scene? Well, I mean, this scene is just iconic. And if you are a bisexual person like I am, like I remember being like, whoa, I want to kiss a girl. Yeah. You know, and I did. But like, I just, yeah, it's just like an epic, epic scene. But also like this... I feel like this film really uses, like, how sex can be a very powerful weapon. Absolutely. It's weaponized. It is weaponized in this film a lot, and how it is a way to control and manipulate people. Mm -hmm. And especially in the context of, like, teenagers and, like teen angst and like hormones involved yeah totally and like that's a a big part of you know the 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 novel itself it's like destroying people's lives by with sex basically by you know toying with like manipulating and and getting people to have sex with people that they're like quote-unquote not supposed to yeah you know and just the the societal mores and the cultural mores and everything around that yeah like the relationship between Sebastian's character and Sarah Michelle Gellar's, like, their whole sexual chemistry that they They're have... Their step-siblings! It's, like, also very hot. Yes, but fucked up! So one yeah. of the things we didn't mention yet is, okay, so the whole thing is Sarah Michelle Gellar and Ryan Felipe's characters, Sebastian and Catherine, are step-siblings, mm-hmm. and they have this bet going. So... Sebastian has to sleep with Annette, which is Reese Witherspoon's character, because she's the new headmaster's headmaster's daughter. She's like, I'm a virgin until marriage. And if he if he bags Annette, then Sarah Michelle Geller will fuck him because yeah. he's been wanting to fuck his stepsister. Because he gets every woman he ever wants. since they got married. Well, yeah. we need to talk about Sebastian in yeah. one second. Um, if he doesn't end up bagging Annette, if he fails. Then Sarah Michelle Gellar's character gets his car, his like vintage convertible, yeah. like whatever. Let's talk about Sebastian. I am getting major pansexual vibes from his character. Oh, yeah. Like Sebastian is totally like a bisexual. Absolutely. No, I think he's pansexual. Yeah. I think he's it's just like, like an opportunist. Yeah. And I, I don't think he's a good person. I think he's, like, got shit intentions. Like, he is, like, a piece of shit. Yeah. A piece of shit. Yeah. So now that we've talked about the inappropriate relationship between uh, the step-siblings that are Sebastian and Catherine, we 
need to talk about the, uh, well, this isn't, again, like a full-fledged sex scene, but there's a scene where she sort of, like, checks in on his progress, and he's laying against a chaise lounge in their shared apartment with their parents, because, again, these two are step-siblings. She lays back against him, and... Basically, like, on wiggles around. And, like, when I first saw this, I, I was sort of, like, confused about what was going on. I, I didn't, like, super understand it. And then she moves her hand, like, down to his crotch. And uh, is basically, I think she's, like, rubbing him over dry, his pants. Dry rubbing him. And he's, like, moving his hands over her body. He never feels her up, and he's, like, skirting around her tits the whole time, which drives me nuts. Which is also hot. Yeah, but it's, like, annoying, too. They're, like, edging each other. But as a viewer, I would have liked to have seen some cuppage. Yeah, that's what keeps you going. You know? Yeah. And then she, like, leaves him with a boner, you know? And he's like, "Uh uh-uh, come on, you know? (laughs) Um, But, okay, so I think, also, if you... Look closely. So the Sebastian character, when Ryan Felipe, when he's wearing his glasses, <laughs> he looks like Skipper from Sex in the City. Do you remember Skipper Miranda? He was yes. like it was before Steve. Yes, he it, it was like Miranda's like clingy dude yes. that she didn't. He was like the Steve prototype. He was like a less hot, less charming version of Steve. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the big sex scene between. Between Annette and Sebastian. Okay. So throughout this whole time, Annette and Sebastian have been falling in love. Sort of. Like, she's been getting to him. He's getting the love dick. Yeah, he's getting the love dick. um, But I was way less moved by by the love story of this movie. Yeah. Uh, Which is weird because they were, like, married. I know. Well, they fell in love and got pregnant during the filming of this movie. Yeah. You know? Like, that's crazy. crazy. It's nuts. So, um... But, like, their chemistry wasn't too, like... I don't know. It wasn't. Yeah. All right. So, they've been falling in love. Annette, she's been, like... Fighting this desire that she has for Sebastian because, like, she went public with her virginity and she's got this boyfriend. And she just knows that Sebastian's, like, the bad boy. People have been like, do not get near him. She's the good girl. Exactly. He's kind of been, like, pushing her this whole time. Like, admit it. You know you feel something for me, too. Blah, blah, blah. And then she admits it. So then she comes to him. They're they're both staying at, like, his aunt's house or something. I don't know. These rich people just always have, like, mansions to flop down in. So he comes to her room and he's like, I'm leaving. And then she basically tries to sleep with him. And he's got the feels... And he can't do and it. And he can't do it. And he freaks out. And then there's this, like, annoying-ass scene where he looks at himself in the mirror and he's like, get a hold of yourself, you pussy. And Felipe's <laughs> lips are, like, out of control. Like, they are so, like, plumped. It looks like he got filler. And he just looks like an idiot. He just looks like an idiot. But, like, so many girls at the time, like, that was I their, thought he was so hot. Like, that was, like, their dream. Oh, my God. I thought oh he was God. so right. hot back right. in the day. And now I'm just, like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, you fucking moron. You look like Skipper from Sex and the City, and you're just an asshole. And he's just so manipulative. But the, the sex scene was okay. All right. So this was the movie for me as a 14-year-old that changed 
everything. So I saw this at my neighbor's house. Oh. Yes. Some underground shit. Yes. I, I saw it for the first time at my neighbor's house. And this sex scene changed everything. So she tries to seduce him. He rejects her. Annette, like, freaks out. And she's like, I'm leaving this house. I'm going to Penn Station. And I'm going to stay with friends for the rest of the summer. Because, like, I can't be around Sebastian. It's too hard. He rejected me. Yeah. Sebastian finds this out. He... He's like, I'm in love. Drives to Penn Station Mm -hmm. because he's in love. And Counting Crows' song, Colorblind, comes on. So good. There is this scene where she's going up the escalator to, like, whatever friend's house. Like, she's arrived in, I don't know where she goes, like, Philly or somewhere. And he is at the top of the escalator and she's like, I'm impressed. And he's like, well, I'm in love. And then they're like tonsil hockeying in the train station. Then it cuts to them having like missionary sex. She's a virgin. This first time she's ever had sex. It's like a big deal. It is beautifully shot. Like they're all like sweaty and the light is golden and it's very intimate. Yes. Like you see like thrusting. Yes. And eye contact Mm -hmm. the whole time. And they're like breathing into each other. They're making love. They are making love. And this okay. So uh okay, so like I was 14 watching this (laughs) in my neighbor's living room. My masturbate? No. Oh my god, go ahead. So my heart, this was the first time I've ever felt this in my life. Uh My heart dropped into my stomach, then dropped a little further (laughs) into my vagini (laughs) and pounded. And you then had, I had like these butterflies. It was you like had thunder. Pussy heartbeat? Thunder in my stomach. And I had never felt anything like that before. Like that's when I realized like there was something going on between my legs yeah. that was all new. Yeah. All new. Wow. And, yeah. and it pulsed and pounded as I was 14 years old sitting on my neighbor's living room floor. And I think my neighbor's mom might have been watching too. Uh huh. <laughs> I don't know. I kept this all to myself. I didn't tell anyone. How uncomfortable. I didn't care. Yeah. Like, my body was doing its own thing. Yeah. But also, like, this sex scene, and I think, like, even now, kind of set the standard for me for, and I hate this word, lovemaking. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what I see yeah. as lovemaking. Yeah. Like, this had a massive impact yeah. on me. Like, I was obsessed with this movie. Yeah. This movie, it, it changed everything for me. And I was obsessed with this soundtrack. Like, I had oh my it. God. I would On repeat. I would listen to it in my, my room, car. and my sister would make fun yeah. of me, and she was like, I don't want to interrupt your teen angsting Did right now. To- I, I didn't know how to do it yet. That's crazy. I didn't know how to do it yet. Wow. I was you just. never just like hump your pillow? When I was 14. Yeah. Do you want to get arrested? Do you want me to get arrested? <laughs> I have to draw the line somewhere on this podcast. I've already revealed a lot of things tonight to our five listeners who are all leaving 
after this episode because they're calling the cops on me. There is an an officer is going to arrive at my doorstep when I you, when we drop this you know episode. What's crazy about this because you feel bad for having sexual feelings. No, I think I'm just going to turn everyone off by talking about my sexual feelings as a 14 year old <laughs> and no. how I posed sexual naked. Sexual feelings is one of the first things you ha- experience as like a child. Yeah. I mean, that's a, whatever, but, like, I'm just saying, like, I just think it's funny. You might get arrested. Yeah, I'm just, like, it's it's happening. I'm going to court. Um, anywho, do you I'm have any final... Court. You're not I'm going to court. Arrested. I'm going to court. And I'm going to try to date the judge. And they're going to be like, lady, we don't do that here. <laughs> lady, we can't see that picture. You're arrested. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm put on this, this sex on a sex offender um, final thoughts yeah any final thoughts about cruel intentions i just think cruel intentions is another staple it's a precursor to like a lot of modern films mm-hmm. it's inspirational uh gorgeous looking movie gorgeous like and looking, smart hilarious like pop like pop 90s pop culture totally they like really i think pushed a lot of boundaries and like some things and also like pushed my boundaries also, at 14 yeah. years old <laughs> <laughs> i need to zip those lips yeah so if uh if you're ready we will close out with our question and it's the same one i asked you when we tried to record this year I ago do remember, so i, I think Alzheimer's. you're gonna have to remind okay fuck mary kill noah jack sebastian i uh, hate well, I would kill Sebastian. Absolutely. I know. It's tough. Okay, I'm going to have to marry Noah because I know how he would be already. Okay. Jack, we don't know. You know? We don't know. Okay. So I would fuck Jack in the car. I would kill Sebastian. Yeah. I would fuck Noah and I would marry Jack. Wow. Yeah, he's my boy. <sighs> well, uh, thank you all for listening. Please don't think any differently of me after this episode. (laughs) Please don't call the cops. Please listen to us again. You know, not every episode is going to be this fun. Yeah, not every episode is going to be this fun. (laughs) Please don't stop listening. Also, if you guys like us, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. Leave us a review that really helps us get higher in the algorithm. Or, you know, you can always... And with this beautiful send-off from the one and only Celine Dion, the queen, God bless, and your hearts will go on. Adieu, Alviter Zane, and good luck and good night. Thank you for listening to Sex in the Cinema. You can find us on Instagram at Sex in the Cinema Pod. And also feel free to reach out to us on email at Sex in the Cinema Pod at gmail.com. Um, at some point, we're going to get our shit together to make a TikTok. Uh, Maggie will be handling that. And uh, thanks for listening and see you next time.